Hello, everyone. Thank you for checking out this special episode of Really Dicey. My name is Manny, and I'm here with... Uh, John Wick, the master of the universe. <laughs> you said well, I could say it. That's true. That's true. For those of you that may not know, um, which is be kind of surprising, knowing that our channel talks about his works a lot. Uh, um, he's the, the, the creator of 7C. My first exposure to your work was actually the first edition of Legend of the Five Rings. Well, today we're going to talk about... Um, the new Seventh Seaf book. Um, would you mind sharing the name of that? I, I don't. I'm afraid I'm mispronouncing it. It's Katai. Katai. Okay. Now this was in Kickstarter a few years ago, and it's 99% mm -hmm. done right now. Yeah. And... All we're waiting for is like the little fiddly bits. Okay. So, what what can you tell us about what this source book is about? I know Seventh Seaf source books tend to deal with uh, uh, almost inspired by real parts of the world. Mm -hmm. um uh like the crescent empire for example is based on uh, uh middle eastern um, mythology culture history um should i assume that uh this is also uh inspired by asian history mythology and culture as well well it's it's really so you're a fan of l5r so you know that a long time ago we used to say l5r is not japan like mm -hmm. rokugan is not japan it's inspired by japan in the same way that like Avatar The Last Airbender is inspired by, you know, things, right? But it's not, so Katai, in the same way that in 7C, um, uh, Montaigne is inspired by specifically Alexander Dumas, France, right? It's not, in, in, and that's a really important distinction is that all of the stuff in, in Thea is inspired by the literature and mythology and folklore of those places and not the actual places. And mainly because I think that distinction is really important because number one, it, it gives a, 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 a broader, a broader canvas to paint with, but also more importantly, it's, it's, I don't want people looking at any of the nations that we do in seven C and say, you know, that's not, you know, Ireland. Innismore is not Ireland, right? And and say that like a criticism. I'm like, you're right, it's not, hmm. right? And in the same way, all of the nations of Katai are inspired by mainly in this case, actually, uh, less like the the history and it's never the history, right? But it's But in this case, it's less the mythology and things and more of the literature. So, uh, for example, Fuso, which is which has a shogun and an emperor and samurai warriors, is more inspired by uh, by. Uh, I, of course, I'm going to say Kurosawa films because that's my one of my favorite directors. But it's also inspired by things like Stan Sakai's uh, Usagi Yojimbo, and it's also inspired by Sony Chiba's uh, action films. And so it's more it it's it's more inspired by the stories than it is by the actual culture, and so it's the same thing with Han, and the same thing with uh, uh, with with the other nations as well, is that um, we've always been very big on the things that that Europeans believed to be true, are literally true in Thea, and so the things that people believe to be true in the in the uh asian in the asian countries the asian nations that we're doing are literally true in katai hmm. 
So that's that's kind of where we're going with all that. Also, Kataya is not a supplement. It is a standalone game that oh, really? uses that uses the same rules as 7C, except you can play it by itself or you can play it with 7C because they're completely compatible. But one of the things I'm really excited about Katai is how um, at one point really early in the development, Mike Curry, who's the lead designer who, do, who does a lot of the game mechanics, um, uh, he came to me and said, John, I don't think there's any place in our rules where you and I roll brawn versus brawn. And I went, okay, yeah, that's true. That, that never happens. And he said, that means Katai heroes can have different traits. Oh, wow. Okay. To reflect the fact that Katai heroes and Thayan heroes are very different. Even if they're using the same root mechanic of, you know, pick an approach, roll dice, spend raises to act. But the reasons that Katai heroes are taking action are very different than the reasons that Thayan heroes are taking action. Okay. But the system is still identical. And that was that inspired me a lot to to uh, to to think about, okay, how else can we make Katai heroes different using the same mechanics? And that was a really neat journey. Okay. Well, before I ask you more questions about the mechanic differences, um, <clears throat> layout wise, um, is it then very similar to the core core rulebook where mm -hmm. there's um, at least maybe what 150 to maybe 200 pages of, of of lore and history? Yeah, exactly. The first part of it is a um, kind of like an overview of the continental nations, and then um, and and each one. What we tried to do is we tried to make each nation have hooks so that players can easily insert their characters into plots right away. So, for example, in going back to Fuso again, um, the, uh, uh, the conflict between the Shogun and the Emperor is very, very strong. And so you, as you, as you make characters for, for a Fuso character, you immediately have to pick a side. And bang, you are in the story because that is the story of Fuso. Um, meanwhile, uh, one of my favorite, one of my favorite nations is Han, which uh, uh, draws its inspiration from Korea. Mm. And the emperor of Han appears to not entirely be there. He appears to believe that he, that the Han empire is actually, he's actually 200 years or a hundred years, somewhere around that, um, in the past, in its golden age, because Han has fallen. Han has kind of fallen from its golden age. And he seems to think that he's, that they're still in the golden age. And so he's doing all of these weird things that don't make sense, but they really do make sense because he's playing a Hamlet. He's his, there's a method to his madness. And he's trying to restore the golden age while at the same time keep everyone from looking at him. It's a big shell game to keep people from looking at him. And immediately you make a character who serves the King of Han and you're in, you're in a story where he's giving you orders to do these things and maintain the illusion of his madness. 
And so that's what we wanted to do with all of the nations is have adventure hooks in each of the nations, big, broad, easily, easy to fit your character into adventure hooks for each of those nations. And that's, that was one of our goals. That, that's really exciting. If, if I may ask, what came to the decision to not make this like your, the regular story? I mean, your, your source books are, they're, they're great books. Um, and what made, what made you decide to go in a different direction? Oh, because we wanted them to be different. We, it's one of my, one of the things that, that, that someone asked me, what are, what, you know, what's the Jared Sorensen three questions, which is what is your game about? How does it do it? And what mechanics does your game reward are, and is, is this little game design tool that Jared Sorensen taught me. And it goes into my toolbox with my other game design tools. Um, but I always pull that out because it's kind of like a compass and you ask the question, what's your game about? And for me, it's always been the same answer, actually. It's always been, what does it mean to be a hero? And for me, that that's a, a provocative question because what it means to be a hero in, uh, in Alexander Dumas, France is different than what it means to be a hero in, uh, in uh, 17th century Korea. And when you look at those in contrast to each other, the, the, the character from, you know, the Han character would look at the Montaigne character and they would look at each other and go, you have the features of a villain. And yet they're both, you know, essentially trying to do the same thing, which is the heroic act of, of ease suffering and, and make things, you know, make things better for other humans. Oh, okay. And, but they express it in very different ways. For the Western hero, the Western hero is all about um, society is corrupt. I know the right way and I will do what I know is right and not be hindered by what other people tell me. And if you think about traditional Western heroes, it's all about ego. It's all about um, me. I know I will do, I will overcome. And then, you know, and then you get the, the back end of the Joseph Campbell hero cycle, right? Where, where you go back home and you've grown too big for your home and all that kind of stuff. So you, you get that. But the Eastern hero, um, the way that they express heroism is by, is by diminishing or subduing their ego. By saying you have a society or destiny says you have a role to play and fulfill that role. And the longer that you say, no, that is not my role. I will deny that. The world starts punching on you and starts punishing you and starts crushing you under the wheel until you admit and you, you submit to the role that you have been born to. And so when you look at, at classic heroes from both examples, um, the Western hero would look at that and go, no, oh, don't do what society tells you to do. Don't tell what other people tell you to do. You do what you feel is right. And then the Eastern hero says, what a pompous ass you are. You have a role to play. Play your role. And those two things do not mesh. And so when we were talking about Katai, we were talking about, okay, how are we going to make Eastern heroes different from, than Western heroes? And one of the ways is, is how you earn hero points. 
So the 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 uh, the Eastern hero earns hero points when they do when they have a destiny that's on your character sheet. This is my destiny, and when you act toward that destiny, you get hero points. As opposed to the hero who has a story. This is my story. I am going to do this thing, and or or my quirks. Right? I have quirks, and when I act in certain ways, I get hero points. When the the uh, the captain doesn't leave the ship until everybody else is off of it, right? That's a Western, that's one of the Western hero quirks, as opposed to the Eastern hero quirk who uh, would would earn, you know, the, the Eastern hero uh, quirks are based more on, on duty and on destiny. And so that, and that that's how they're different. Okay, wow. Um... It really comes back. It really comes back to Legend of the Five Rings, which, when we when I designed the role playing game, the the real core idea was is that all of the clans have a different definition of bushido. You know what is the right way, and the fact of the matter is they're all right. Hmm. And so when the Lion Clan samurai and the Crab Clan samurai meet, and he says, "You don't know anything about bushido." And then Lion Clan says, no, you don't know anything about Bushido. And then they talk. And for me, that's the interesting part, is when those two conflicting philosophies meet and, and clash. And so that's why, that, that's, and so for the, same, for the same reason, for 7C, for Thea and Katai, I wanted to have that same clash because I think it's, I think it's interesting. Being that you worked on first edition uh, Legend of Five Rings and now doing this project, was there was your approach in any way different this time around than, you, than it was previously? Yeah, because I learned a lot more. <laughs> and uh, L5R was kind of a first swing. It's like whenever you do something for the first time, you fail, right? At some some degree, you're, you're going to fail at some degree or you're going to fall short or whatever. Um, my big failure in the first edition L5R, because I couldn't think of a way around it, was I said that all of Rokugan adheres to the lion definition of Bushido. And so if you don't act like a lion, then you you fall short, you, you lose honor. And what I should have done is I should have said, what I said before is like all the clans have a definition of Bushido. And so when you act like your clan, then you get honor points. And if you're the scorpion who goes and says, hey, buddy, there's a trap over here that I know about and you shouldn't walk into, they lose honor points because they're not acting like their clan expects. And that's what I should have done. And so when we when we started doing Katai, that was a big, that, that was something that I, that I learned from uh, after, was it 20 years of doing Legend of the Five Rings after doing that? Of, uh, yeah, th this is, you know, something that we should do. Um, also, just the basic system of uh, the, the basic 7C system, which comes from a conversation, a joking conversation that, uh, that James Ernest and I had at a game design seminar. And James was half joking and half serious, like almost everything that James says. And he said, there's really only two kinds of games. There's move and roll and roll and move. And he said, move and roll is like all the Warhammer style games, all the board games. You move your mans and then you roll to see if, if the thing that you planned on doing worked. 
And then roll and move is like clue where you roll the dice and you go, okay, I have enough movement to go to the lounge or the conservatory. How do I want to use my role? And I was sitting next to him and I said, you know, I don't think there's any such thing as a move and roll role-playing game. Because all of them are, you tell the GM what you do and then you roll dice and you see if you're successful. That's move and roll. And so when we started designing Legend of the, or uh, 7th C, second edition, I went, let's try to do a roll and move role-playing game where you tell the GM, these are your stats, you roll dice and those tell you how many actions you can get and then you decide your actions based on based on the dice you roll. And of course, Legend of the Five Rings is a is a move and roll role-playing game. Because I designed it back in 1996, 97, something like that. And and if I had known better, I would have made it a move and roll game. I don't think I will ever make a, a roll and a move and roll role-playing game again. So let's talk about like character creation. Um, mm -hmm. what are there um what if for someone new to this, uh, is there um, uh, guides of, 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 uh, of, I guess you could say templates of, of who or what you can be? Uh, oh yeah, it's it's really simple. You you pick which nation you're from, and that informs a lot of your choices. It doesn't dictate all your choices, but it informs a lot of your choices. And then you, um, and then you get two backgrounds, just like in regular Second Edition Seventh C. And backgrounds are things that you were. So you were a pirate and you were a noble. Or you were a bushi and you were a assassin, right? So these are the things that you were up to this point. And we can include things like assassin because then you get the character who wants to redeem themselves for their past actions, which is a big heart thing of mine and mike curry's too so i mean that 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 whole redeemed or fallen paladin redeem you know person who's trying to redeem themselves that's gotta i mean that's like in every culture has that every culture has that story because it's a human story hmm. right so <clears throat> you pick uh you pick your nation you two pick two backgrounds from your backgrounds you get skills and you'll get advantages that just make you dis uh, distinguish you from other characters and then you're pretty much ready to go um your advantages tell you whether you have sorcery or not but sorcery is different in katai um because it's more like spiritualism than sorcery because that is again the difference between the east and the west um and but from there i mean it it takes five minutes to make a character and okay. But the choices that you make, um, that's the big thing is like, in some games, um, it's like, do I carry a broadsword or a bastard sword? Oh, it's a choice. It's like, that's not a choice. <laughs> that's not a choice. That's whether you want to roll a D8 or a D10, you know, who cares about that? The choices that you make are really significant. Oh, and the other thing that you pick is a destiny. It's like, this is my, this is the next chapter of my story. I am destined to do this thing. And that, of course, has an effect on, on, on your, a huge effect on your character. So it has um, a similar, um, like, you know how, like, in the first book has 20 questions? Mm -hmm. it, it's a similar format like that? Oh, yeah. Okay. So if I may ask, because I know players are always thinking of ways of customizing characters. So yeah. I, 
sounds like this book is very it's 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 you can use it for any it's compatible with all the seven c second edition books yes it it's how much frankensteining can you do with the these characters so like uh, can you take certain quirks uh could all these quirks are interchangeable from the the main core rule book and katai um uh and so forth like how much oh, yeah I mean, I would be a hypocrite, especially after the video, because I'm, I'm doing the 31 day character challenge where I take a different game every day and make a character from each game. And today I just posted um, uh, the D&D, my D&D monster. It's like, I want to make a character from the monster manual. And uh, I made a mind flayer paladin. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> so I'd be a hypocrite <laughs> if I said, no, you can't custom tailor your character no um as a matter of fact uh uh someone sent me a meme that said in the 18 in this tiny span of of time this tiny envelope of time it was possible to have a, an adventuring party on earth that included a pirate a samurai um a uh uh essentially a um not a steampunk but a, a nikolai tesla like character experimenting with electricity and like in a cowboy and and uh and something else that i can't remember and it was like there's a span of time where on earth it was possible to have all these things and i'm like that's beautiful it, it's all of these different cultures you know coming together and showing the true diversity of humanity i i love the 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 fact that in 7c right now even the backers have have the the whoop, the backers have the pdf of katai right now before we put in like the the index and you know and a couple of other things where you could have a uh a kazaria character who is the the analog for uh um uh uh for kubla khan and the the mongols a kazaria a kazarian character with a montane uh with a montane uh duelist and a vadache fate witch and a character from one of the one of the books that i'm working on right now which is the land of a thousand nations so a character from the sertepe nations and sertepe alliance and you know and all together in one group and that's like the beautiful uh i'm trying to think of of, of non-cliche terms but this wide range of flavors that humanity is different languages different different beliefs different mythologies all of these things and when you really really boil it down what it means to be a hero to each of these cultures is helping people right that's really what it boils down to when you take away all of the trappings, all of the, all of the different, you know, uh, you know, like all the different um, uh, tradition, tr the different traditions, because tradition is peer pressure from dead people. But if you take away all of the different traditions, if you look at what they mean, it's, it's, what does it mean to be a hero? This person put themselves in front of danger to help someone else. And that's really what 7C is about is like, what does it mean to be a hero in this place? This. What does it mean to be a hero in this place? Pretty much the same thing, right? And that's the expression that I want 7C to have. The other really nice thing that Mike did, this is Mike's idea, 
was that um, all of the rules are modular in that you can pull them out and it doesn't affect any of the other rules. So for example, if you like the traits from Katai, you can pull them out and put them in and replace the traits in, in, in Thean 7C. You just replace them. Interesting. It doesn't okay. affect anything else, right? Same thing with uh, the skill set. Just pull the skills out. And the brutes, the rules for brutes and the rules for villains are just a little bit different. But you could pull them out and replace the brutes in 7C Thea or vice versa. If you're like, these are fun, but I really like my Thean brutes. So I'm going to take my Thean brutes and I'm going to plug them in. So the whole game is plug and play. So you can you can switch around and make your own version of the 7C system because everything is pretty much standalone. Everything is modular. So you can go from there. Is there anything else about, about this world that, that you're excited to see? I have been doing... Um, it, it's funny, with, with this game, this will be the effect... Essentially, the third samurai game that I've done. Uh, I did Legend of the Five Rings, and then I did a game called uh, Blood and Honor, which was using my Houses of the Blood rules to do samurai tragedy. And now with this, it's a, like a third swing at a fantasy samurai. Um, they're fun. But the the nation of Han, I really like a lot. It's very desperate. What What's mm -hmm. going on in Han is essentially they're being crushed. And the, the King of Han is trying to save his nation. But at the same time, because of um, Shenzhou, which is the, the China Chinese analog, um, is trying to expand its borders. And in doing that, it's crushing Han. And what do you do against the overwhelming power of a nation that's essentially 10 times bigger than you? What can you do? And I love that kind of desperate, uh, you know, against all odds. We have no hope of winning, but we're not going to roll over. And I really like that a lot. Okay. So I assume the uh, same same artists that have worked on previous books will be working on this book as well? Uh, actually, we had some of the previous artists, but we wanted the book to look differently. So we used a lot of different artists to uh, to make the book look uh, like I said, some of them are the same and some of them are different. And, and a lot of it was, how are we going to make this different? And so part of that is by choosing different artists. What's next? What's the next project going to work on after, after you finish uh, Katai? Well, we're almost done with, uh, I've been working on Land of a Thousand Nations, which is all of the, uh, the North American uh, lands. And that's, I've been working on that with two people. Uh, one of them is, uh, uh, Derek, Derek Pounds. Derek is a, a First Nations. He's he's a First Nations guy from the from the West Coast. Um, big Seven C fan and really really helpful in making sure that we got the tone and the language and and everything else right. Mm. Uh, whenever I wrote anything, I sent it to him and said, "Okay, tell me if I stepped on a landmine because I don't know where they are." Right. And I spent a lot of time doing research and a lot of time doing a lot of reading. Um, but more than that, also doing a lot of talking. And um, I have because I live here in Phoenix, in Phoenix, Arizona, and I have a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, people around here that I can talk to. 
and doing that reading and talking and having Derek essentially be my pigeon in the in the in the mine, right? <laughs> and there have been times where I was like, oh sure, one of our backgrounds can be brave, right? You can be a brave. And he was like, no. No, you, you cannot do that. I was like, oh, okay. I didn't I have no idea. He's like, I know you had no idea. <laughs> He's not that mean. He's actually a real sweetheart. He's a really nice guy. Um, and David Larkins is the other guy who's been helping me out. David Larkins at Chaosium is the line developer for, or the line editor is what, what they call it at Chaosium for the Pendragon role-playing game, but lives in Santa Fe and has a, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. And, you know, like Derek has a lot of knowledge. And so this book out of all of them, out of all the seven C books has been really, it, it, it's, it's, it's the one that I learned the most from because I know about Europe, right? And I have a sense of history of the, of the Middle East. Um, I studied, uh, some part of, of Central America, although I learned a ton from the Central American book and, 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 and all that. And I didn't do that book. Some other people did that book, right? But still reading it, I was like, oh, wow, this is really interesting. But working on the Land of a Thousand Nations has been really, is, is been a, an experience that uh, I, won't, I won't forget. The next project we're working on is the Thousand, Thousand Nations book, uh, that Derek, uh, Derek Pounds and uh, and uh, David and uh, David Larkins and I are working on. Uh, Derek is kind of like our guide through through the book to make sure that we don't step on any landmines and things. Uh, but the other thing that we're working on that I'm really excited about and not I'm excited about both of them is the Seven C starter set, which is going to be like the Call of Cthulhu starter set and the RuneQuest starter set. It's a book that's got everything you need to start playing Seven C, and it's going to have some really neat things in it that you've never seen in the starter set before. Well, uh, uh, again, uh, thank you so much for your time. Um, and to our viewers out there, um, uh, when the book comes out, I'll put a link in the uh, description or in the comments below so you can go ahead and get it as soon as possible. And um, yeah, stay safe out there. Get your shots and have a great day. I got mine.